0: Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to another rebroadcast from the RTB archives. Hello and uh, welcome to Recall This Book. Uh, This is an additional podcast, not exactly a supplement, but a kind of add-on. After uh, the Xi Shen Liu interview that uh, ideally you've just listened to, so if you haven't listened to it yet, um, there's probably going to be lots of spoilers in this conversation. So go back uh, so you get the soap opera plot in the correct order. But uh, what we just had such a good time with this interview, and we've had sort of heard so much from people about it that we decided um, the two of us who interviewed him, Pu Wang and myself, would uh, sit down and talk about what went well in the interview, what went badly, and other things that have come up in terms of how we think about him as a writer. So uh, once again, uh, it's co-hosted today uh, by uh, Pu Wong from the German, Russian, and Asian Language and Literature Department, and me, John Plotz, from the Brandeis English Department. So um, hello, Pu. Hi, how are you? Hey, great. Uh, It's awesome to be here. So uh, I I should give you a little bit of technical background. We're sitting in the studio after Pooh just created the Chinese language version of the podcast. It was exciting. How how did it feel to... I, I just feel, you know, you know, that there are there are too many kind of uh, tracks in my mind. I know it's true because we basically, it, you know, it, it, in the interview you listened to the voice of Mr. Liu was given to you in English by Pooh, but of course now we created a track in which he's talking. In yes, his, you can it,
1: listen to Liu <laughs> himself, you know, yeah. his true voice. Yeah, yeah.
0: and then uh, I was lucky enough to hear him give a little speech at Brandeis, where I heard Mr. Liu speak English, which was awesome. He, w- he exactly, was exactly yeah. Was great. Great, yeah. Um, it was a very grim speech. He talked about he compared living on Earth to living in the basement of a tiny apartment house and being locked in the in a cabinet inside the basement. He said that's what it means to live on the planet Earth. Yes, yeah. and and that that block is our uh, universe, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the block is our universe. Yeah, so we could talk about about Liu and optimism and pessimism. That might be a great,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: a, a good topic. Um, but so, so Pu and I, you know, talked a little bit in advance. This comes right on the heels of an interesting New Yorker profile and which we will link to. I don't know how many folks here have had a chance to listen to it, but it's a profile that, you know, really um, attacks, well, attacks maybe is the wrong word, but approaches Mr. Liu and his work from a more political standpoint than right. our interview did. So it's interesting to think about the space that opens up between how Liu presents himself in that interview versus what you just heard, these discussions about Tolstoy and about aesthetics, about science fiction as, as a genre. So that, that may be one thing we want to talk about. Um, but so but Pu, the question I asked you in advance was what surprised you most in the interview? So do you want to go from there?
1: Sure, yeah. I think the first surprise actually came before the interview. That was uh, Liu's uh, original kind of uh, uh, reaction to the list of our questions. Uh, he seemed to be uh, kind of uh, extremely enthusiastic about a kind of more <laughs> theory or philosophy-oriented kind of perspective. Uh, and I guess, you know, we, we tried to, to host uh, our interview as a kind of not only as professors but also as big fans of uh, sci-fi yeah but still he he found our questions uh, uh, philosophical
0: right for good or bad reasons for me number one most surprising was his discussion of Tolstoy which I hope we'll get to right exactly but, but number two was the point about uh, uh science fiction being closer to philosophy exactly, than yes. science yeah and that was yeah so tell me tell me your thoughts about that yeah. You know that, that that is really striking. Uh,
1: uh, both the, the 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 comments on uh, uh, on Tolstoy's huge influence on him. Yeah, and he wants to emphasize that. Oh, it's not only because uh, uh, a socialist China uh, had a big uh, fascination and connection with Russian literature. Right, uh, he thought. It was also because of his own personality. There is just that affinity with a realist historical novelist who is also very philosophical, uh, uh, morally philosophical in many ways.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with that point. I really liked the distinction he made. And, you know, it's interesting. I've been reading this book uh, by Slezkin, House of Revolution. Do you know this book? about? It's about, it's essentially a a history of the early years of the Soviet... I see. You you know, the, the the Union, the revolution, right up through the purges. But it it talks a lot about the canonical authors who were popular in the early years of the revolution. Mm-hmm. And Slezkin actually makes a point very much like uh, Liu made, which was, it, it, sure, you could align – if you want, you could align writers like Tolstoy and Dostoevsky with uh, a, a, a socialist – past, you could try to make them line up. But fundamentally, that wasn't what was going on. Like right, There was a, there was right, a exactly. level of attachment to them that exactly, was not yes. explicable just ideologically. Mm-hmm. And, and that really came through. And I agree with what you're saying about Tolstoy and realism. But I think the other thing that came through was the point about world building, which I think is, right, a, is a, exactly. it's a really important way to think about science fiction's relationship to realism. Because Obviously, you could say, oh, well, in a realist novel like, say, War and Peace, you don't have to build a world because it's our real world. But, but we all know that that isn't how novel writing actually works. Exactly, like the, yes. the constituting of the reality, the atomic piling up of the details is a huge part of, right, of even right. realist fiction. That's, that's a
1: kind of reconstruction of the whole historical world,
0: yeah. Exactly, yeah. I was, and what did you think about his uh, story about his own relationship to science fiction growing up? I found that incredibly moving, actually.
1: Exactly, yes. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm not super surprised by that, but, you know, thinking of... Uh, the, a young boy, you know, getting books uh, from underneath uh, 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 his father's uh, bed, reading the, the the socialist translations of the the, the sci-fi classics. Uh, Against the twilight of uh, the cultural revolution. Cultural
0: evolution. revolution, right, yeah. yeah.
1: really interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then if I understood his point, the point was that there was then a kind of coming out into sunlight, right? they exactly, The first yeah. generation of readers who could actually yeah, celebrate. I th-
1: yeah, I think his point is that if you look at certain kind of uh, science fiction, uh, uh, yes, there has been a kind of a continuous tradition in modern Chinese literature of writing and reading science fiction. But people do not see, people didn't see science fiction as an independent, uh, autonomous genre. Uh, they, they just uh, uh, consider it uh, uh, in a less self-conscious way. But uh, he considered himself as belonging to the first generation of self-conscious fan uh, 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 of sci-fi that's, that's really interesting
0: yeah totally interesting and it does go to something that Pu, you and I talked a little bit about but I think it it is being explored nowadays which is to think about how strong an analogy you would make between the current generation of Chinese right. science fiction and the golden age of American sci-fi right exactly like the, yes that way in which because as we all know like Asimov was part of those early fan communities and then turned into well here in Boston he became a, a novelist but um, you know that way in which there's so many things that you could look at as analogous technological optimism right. a, a moment of world also you know in terms of the standing on the world stage being yeah, very global high rise, global yeah. rise exactly so yeah what do you think about that do you think that i yeah.
1: think you know uh, Liu Cixing as a fan of uh, uh, sci-fi never enjoyed that kind of subculture but he himself created a following of that subculture. Right now uh, 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 Liu fans of course uh, back in China uh, have become a community Uh, they use uh, uh, the uh, 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 up-to-date social media uh, tools to to communicate with each other uh, exchanging their ideas uh, uh, about uh, how to uh, 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 prompt Liu into to write the next masterpiece. That's interesting, <laughs> yeah.
0: And we have to assume, presumably, there's going to be, as with people like Asimov, there's going to be a whole new generation of writers coming up who were not going to be imitators of him, but were sure. basically formed by the possibilities that he made visible. Right? Yes, yeah.
1: yes. I think a lot of uh, you know, uh, younger generations' uh, uh, writers uh, see him as someone who opened the door for uh, 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 even younger uh, uh, writers of Chinese sci-fi.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Can we actually use that to I, I spoke really quickly about the talk that I heard Mr. Liu give but it's it was incredibly interesting to me because it, it was characteristic of him I think that what he has a very broad ranging vision of humanity in an enormous universe which is right. filled with possibilities but He's also pretty grim about the dangers that are out there, too. Like, in other words, when I think of the Golden Age, when I think of people like Asimov, it's there's something permanently upbeat. It's like always in a major key, mm-hmm. you know. But when I, when I hear Liu talk, I hear both incredible, wide-ranging vision and also a kind of minor key, you know, uncertainty and— uh, Darker vision. Yeah, darker yeah. vision. Yeah, yeah.
1: True, you know. I mean— Remember in the interview, he also mentioned this internet dystopia. Yes. So if if totally. every, every desire of yeah. mine uh, can be fulfilled so easily with a smartphone, why do yeah. I need to move beyond this uh, basement in, apartment? Uh,
0: right. Know? And in fact, if I understood what he was saying, wasn't he saying that the people would actually be living literally on mainframes? Isn't that what he meant? That they were living on – in other words, they would be uh, – computed beings.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So basically, the ecology of this Earth will be back to pre-human
0: conditions. We don't need to to pollute anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's totally fascinating. Right. And there's an Asimov novel, which I want to say is called Gateway to Eternity. We'll put the correct title up on the website. But it it involves living in a world where time travel is possible and the result is that people have become completely inward-looking and the hero, spoiler alert, the hero of the book basically breaks the time travels loop mm-hmm. so that humanity can go outward to the stars so that's the same spirit as what as Liu was saying which is like we need to explore we need to leave this planet but with Asimov it's just like hurrah whereas with Liu I thought oh no he, he doesn't think we're gonna manage it actually
1: right I think you know if we take uh, the three body uh, uh, problem trilogy yeah. into account. yeah yeah. Then it's great to have uh, interstellar travels. Yeah. But it doesn't lead us to any better
0: place. Actually, it comes with huge risk right so yeah and for those of you who haven't read the, we'll try not to give away the vital details of the novel <laughs> but there is a reason like the, this title of the second volume The Dark Forest is that the same exactly, in Chinese? yeah Yeah. so the implications of The Dark Forest are very dire in terms of that notion of like hurrah hurrah hey everybody we're here Yeah. Exactly. oh wait a yeah. second we just told everybody we're here yeah and yeah. we
1: can be we can be even uh, uh, reduced in our uh, dimensionality right uh, yeah. If if a kind of higher civilization uh, you eventually figure out how to deal with it, and 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 I think that's also the power of uh, of uh, fiction of novelistic scale. There's yeah. no kind of uh, finite uh, uh, solutions yes. or answers to to questions raised.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm really glad you mentioned the word scale here yeah. because it does. One of the connections I was thinking about is I, I often think about science fiction's relationship to naturalism, mm-hmm. and at the if you read only one page of of Liu's uh three body problem i recommend the introduction or maybe it's the afterword where he talks about scale how he's fascinated by scale that he said even as a kid he realized he could conceive of things on a vaster exactly, yes. scale than other people could yeah so one of the ways I try to describe Through Body Problem the trilogy to to colleagues or friends, I'm trying to persuade to read it, is to say that whenever you think you've mastered the plane of the novel, right. it turns out it's rotated, that there's another right. dimension you haven't seen. So the novel itself performs that act of kind of rotation.
1: Yeah, you yeah. Know? and also for me, the, the, the really exciting part… Uh, even though I I, I sometimes find disagreements with uh, Liu's approach or Liu's kind of uh, 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 predictions, quote unquote, is that whenever there is this new unfolding of uh, a different level that comes with new uh, civilizational options. Yeah. And that's really cool. And that's really kind of uh, uh, humanizing but at the same time entirely beyond uh, 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 any human reality uh, as we know it today.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. And maybe that connects to a question that we... uh, Here's another thing I was kind of surprised by. And this, you could tell me that this is just me. Sure. I... I, I, Okay, I'll just put it out there. I don't see what all the fuss is about 2001. (laughs) Like, I don't... When he talked about how Kubrick was this genius who had transformed the way that he and so many other people saw the world and and I said, oh, yeah, well, I just watched it, too But actually I watched it and I was like, you know, I don't know
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think Liu made a big deal of it. Yeah, he said It it was just like a kind of clan. It's like a tribe, you know, yeah, you you need to have initiation into yeah I take that point. It's like I you know, I I totally understand. Yeah, the, the film is just a film.
0: Yeah Yeah, yeah, so so I was thinking about about what he said about... I mean, you know, how would you unpack what he was saying about the different genres? First of all, I, th- I think it's clear that he wasn't saying he himself would prefer to be a filmmaker. I mean, he's happy right, exactly, yeah. a novelist. But, yeah, you know, science fiction is one of those genres or maybe we want to call it one of those modes that what's going on in the visual sphere is often as interesting as what's going on on, on the page. I mean, there's been some very important sci-fi movies. Right. Um, do, what do you... You know, do you think he was saying... Was he saying that the, the the film is the science fiction of the future, or?
1: I think you know what he said really goes against my instinct <laughs> as a literary scholar. Yeah, right? we have me this, too. <laughs> uh, We have this deep faith in the yeah. medium of uh, language, yeah. not to say that the, the, the ontology of language. Yeah. but I think he he wants to be a writer he wants to work with language and words yeah but he doesn't see any problem of uh, uh, having a future of sci-fi in yeah cinema theaters yeah 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 and uh, even though and
0: also to be fair sci-fi has a past in cinema as well like in other words Voyage to the Moon Uh, um, Metropolis I mean in other words it's like as old as the film like sci-fi has been there for a long time yeah Yeah.
1: but he doesn't you know uh, he doesn't he he believed, it seems to me he believes that if the money is there if the financial yeah. conditions are favorable if the technological industrial conditions are there we can make really great sci-fi yeah. blockbusters, even though he don't want to be. He doesn't. He doesn't yeah. want to be part of it.
0: Yeah. So speaking of which, have you seen *Wandering Earth*? The yeah, film? I
1: saw it. You know, yeah. I I contributed to its uh, box office by going to the only uh, uh, cinema theater that aired it. Uh, uh, in, Fenway,
0: right? Yeah. In yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know. It was it was a lonely lonely voyage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yes. I know. So what, let's talk about it. What did you think? And have you read the story too? Yeah, yeah, I
1: I read the story, you know, in a really kind of fast, yeah. you know, kind of cursory, yeah, yeah,
0: me, me too. Yeah, I
1: think you know, still, you know, he he said so many great things about the 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 power of uh, visual uh, kind of visuality, but I see yeah. a lot, you know, totally missing in the. It's true.
0: Like the nature, right, the nature of the political struggle in the story, which you briefly alluded to, between the people who want essentially to take the whole Earth out of orbit and, and sail away from the sun versus the people who just want to abandon Earth. Right. That's really interesting. There's all of this kind of mass suicides. There's Yeah, the, and but, yeah, that, yeah. that's
1: actually pretty yeah. uh, tossed away in, uh, in yeah. many ways. It's historical, yeah. novelistic
0: but kind of stuff. What yeah. I wanted to, as a way of kind of getting at topology, I wanted to ask if you shared my feeling that the movie was much more nationalistic than the story.
1: I think so. And of course, uh, I I do not see it entirely from the the, the ideological perspective. I think, you know, this movie was uh, the first uh, attempt. Of making a Chinese blockbuster, right? They wanted to really pitch it toward Chinese
0: audience in mainland China. Yes. So it was for me much. It was released on Chinese New Year, wasn't it? Yes, and there were yes. like lines about a new year. Or yeah. It's in a, the Yeah, film. exactly. Yeah.
1: It's a. It, it's a. Basically, basically for me, it's a. It's market strategy. Yeah. But it definitely speaks to uh, 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 this kind of uh, nationalist uh, uh, sentiment. Uh, nationalist pride that is currently uh, shared by so many uh, mainland Chinese citizens in the age of so-called China's global mm-hmm. rise.
0: I mean, I might be completely off base here, but I thought in some ways it was a response to Independence Day, the American, mm-hmm. you know, blockbuster fighting off sure, the yeah. alien invasion. And that's like a July 4th movie and right. all the heroes are American. And I did think there was a kind of tit-for-tat quality. Here. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, I think eventually that becomes a kind of uh, uh, on the, on the one hand uh, some people will say oh this is a US-China competition uh, 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 of uh, of uh, sci-fi blockbusters yeah. but on the other hand you see this mirror image that is yeah. uh, basically they, they have the same structure the only difference is that that's US uh, nationalism and yeah. here we have Chinese right. nationalism yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah yeah. so speaking of which maybe that's a good time to talk briefly about the New Yorker profile sure, Can you, yeah. yeah. just tell me will you like tell our readers about it or tell us your thoughts about it? Or? Yeah,
1: I think, you know. Listeners, uh, not
0: readers, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this profile, you know, actually got a wide distribution not only here, you know, it's from New Yorker. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty big. But, it also uh, uh, it was also uh, uh, widely read uh, uh, back in China, yeah. Both in Chinese, uh, both in English, the original English and in the, in, in, in in the translated form online. Yeah. So I think uh, in 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 this kind of conversation between a staff writer of New Yorker and uh, Liu, yeah, the whole conversation about sci-fi turns into the the realm of Politics and especially uh, uh, today's Chinese uh, uh, politics. Yeah. But of course, this is not only Chinese domestic politics, but but about China's role uh, uh, on the global scale, yeah. especially as China uh, uh, being a kind of uh, a non-democratic uh, uh, regime. Yeah. Uh, 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 but a very important player of international community yeah. and global market. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, this is my reaction to 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 this uh, profile is that Liu seems to be uh, far less prepared yeah. uh, 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 for those questions.
0: <laughs> right. She we, didn't. She didn't write the philosophical questions yeah, in r- advance. R- yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And and it's 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 a little bit amusing to 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 me because he seems to be so eager to talk about uh, philosophy and physics yes, with yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's something uh, really interesting. And my my second point is that uh, I I just feel you know uh, it is totally absolutely uh, 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 feasible to uh, raise a lot of uh, political questions by reading Liu's work by interviewing Liu uh, in person. Uh, but the the whole piece for me uh, seems to take a a uh, relatively reductionist approach to what is political, mm. and uh, it is a it is a framework of inevitable competition uh, between the United States and China as to different uh, uh, social structures, and then project uh, this kind of uh, uh, prediction of uh, conflict uh, uh, into a kind of sci-fi scale. And yeah. I think uh, people like to talk that way, but I don't want to read uh, 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 the rise of Chinese uh, science fiction literature as the next arena of U.S.-Chinese yes. trade yes. war. I guess. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a great way of thinking about yeah. it. Let's hope not. Can I ask, like, on a kind of practical level, presumably, every Chinese into public intellectuals, including writers, who who face conversations in the West or have interviews in the West and you, you can think about lots of people who've, you know, made a name for themselves, they they have to know that this sort of question is coming and do yeah. you think he was, I mean, the the man we met didn't seem like somebody who, you know, he's not a diplomat. He didn't seem right. like Richard Holbrook or, 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 or Metternich or something. Right, that's it, true. He's, he didn't, yeah, He's, yeah. he's not,
1: w- he's not equipped with uh, 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 good answers for uh, uh, uh Xinjiang questions. Yes, or, exactly. Or, 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 that
0: that was or, or, where it came to. You're talking about yeah. like the Uyghur stuff. The
1: democracy questions and so, yeah. on, so forth. Yeah. I think uh, for a lot of Chinese uh, uh, intellectuals and writers from the humanistic backgrounds, Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what kind of uh, ideological uh, uh, leanings they have. They seem to have a kind of very... Uh, 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 ready-made ideological responses to the, this kind of questions. Right. But Liu doesn't belong to that yeah. uh, uh, community. Yeah. And that's really uh, uh, interesting yeah. to, to,
0: to watch. To, to me, it, it may be that he produced something that w- was like what he thought would be like the politically expedient response, but it just felt like, uh, yeah, it didn't feel managed in a way, what he had to say. I
1: mean... It's also because he's, he's not in, much interested in, in his uh, public image. Yeah. And he's not ready for that or he's yeah. not. Does that, no, did, you, you know, yeah. it, it's the same back in China. Uh, he sees his own fame as something really unexpected. Yeah, uh, and that's why he refuses to have uh, an agent. He refuses to 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 move to bigger cities. Yeah, he refuses to really be actively participating, uh, participate in, in in the making of a uh, 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 film adaptations and yeah. so on and so forth. So it's it's he's just a different kind of yeah. uh, writers, uh, and it's for me it's a. Uh, uh, I don't know whether he wants to transform into a kind of more uh, sophisticated uh, 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 intellectual voice or he would just uh, shy off, uh, shy from uh, uh, this kind of uh, uh, interactions no. in the future. Yeah.
0: To me, like one of the most fascinating things he's ever said remains like somebody asked him, you know, apropos of how much Obama likes his mm-hmm. novels, you know, if you had a chance to speak to a series of world leaders, what would what would you say to them? And and I won't get the quote exactly right. He's like, But I would say not to underestimate the fear, not to underestimate the possibility of alien invasion. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's like, right. And by by which he obviously means space invader invasion. He's not talking about international aliens, right? But, exactly. And that's he was. I think that was completely sincere. Like that's like at the heart of his politics. So that, like, that that is, yeah. you
1: know, his his thinking is just in a different mode.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, so what? So so final question, Pooh. What do you think we missed? Like, what what when we you look back at that interview, we um. You know we got him to talk about a lot of things, but what should we have what should we have talked about that we didn't
1: yeah I actually uh, I've given some thought to it after uh, ever since uh, I read the New Yorker piece yeah I think uh, if I were a New Yorker staff writer uh, not only a kind of uh, brand as professor then yeah. I i I would uh, really want to. Uh, ask more questions about uh, Liu's social imagination to, to really uh, uh, yeah. f- follow up with all, all his kind of uh, 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 brighter or darker visions of civilization that is how do how does uh, this Chinese sci-fi writer imagine social relations yeah yeah and that will absolutely give us a much a uh, 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 liberating, uh, a dis- discussion of the political, actually, yeah. and I think that that is a little bit missing uh, uh, in our conversation.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I was thinking about that with that image of of ten billion humans on computers. I was thinking that would have been a good place for us to say more yeah. about the virtual and like life online. And uh, yeah, exactly the social the social imaginary in terms of like practical affordances of different mm-hmm. technologies but also right the larger political implications of living together and living apart and, Right you know.
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah Yeah he, he yeah well it was a fascinating conversation nonetheless
1: Yeah uh, I like it yeah. very much you yeah. know I, I think you know we're digging a lot out of the, yeah. the this writer Yeah and I, I, yeah I don't want to you know uh, do too much self-congratulation but yeah. uh, I think we yeah. our our kind of interview with uh, with Liu is yeah. pretty valuable because uh, we definitely made him talk a lot about. Uh, 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 philosophical issue
0: I know next Basically. time we're gonna have an all Tolstoy podcast we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break down the Tolstoy versus Dostoevsky maybe we'll talk about Goncharov and see exactly. if he like if yeah. he likes Oblomov but I was gonna say pooh you should come back sometime we should you know Definitely. you you Thank should you for yeah, yeah totally and if you you know we we should do it again if you want to pick a, a different writer for us to interview I liked this du- dual language format so we right, should think right, about right. that too right. as long as yeah. we can we can endure the labor yeah, yeah I know I know well that <laughs> That you, you, All credit to you. Um, okay. So I think from both of us here, your co-hosts, um, I will say thank you for listening to Recall This Book. So my co-host today was Pu Wang, um, recently tenured professor uh, here at Brandeis. I'm John Plotz. And as always, our thanks go to Claire Ogden, who does the technical and audio editing, and Matthew Schratz, who manages our website and social media, and to Brandeis University uh, for the support, and please, uh, to listeners like you, please. Uh, do forward this to other people you think might be listen, uh, might be interested in listening do um, uh, rate or review us on iTunes or Stitcher or our website or wherever you uh, listen to podcasts so from all of us here at Recall This Books thank you thank you bye bye